that he is to us. And Lord, as he comes to us, he comes uh, in your authority, um, speaking your words. So Lord, we pray that you would uh, be upon him. Holy Spirit, would you uh, give him uh, authority and boldness to be able to speak your word with clarity and with passion. Would you, we want to open our hearts to what you have to say to us uh, tonight. And uh, Lord, would you speak? Would you change and would you renew and refresh us? Through the words that Matt says and through your work of your Holy Spirit, would you increasingly align us with you and your ways, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Can you hear me? Yep, sweet. Well, good evening, everyone. It's uh, great to be with you uh, once again for another, another service to worship together. It's so good. Um, so tonight, we're starting a new series um, called Identity. We, um, we finished our, our service, uh, our series called Looking Out and uh, Just in Time for Alpha. And uh, the idea behind that was to, to help go through some helpful passages of, of the everyday call of a Christian to, to reach those people in your sphere of influence. But this one um, is on identity. And before we explore a specific kind of topic within this series, I thought it'd actually be good to kind of do a bit more of a broad sweeps type Thing on this topic, to kind of broadly look at what is identity and, and, and how, how does it work, how do we form that. Um, but before we get started, I, I want to pray again, uh, so join with me. Lord, I thank you, um, I thank you for this amazing space, Lord God, I thank you that we can come together. Lord, I pray that you bless this time, that you continue to bless this time, Lord God, and that Lord... These words that I say, uh, Lord, that uh, it be you speaking through them. And if there's anything that's not of you, Lord God, that people would know. Um, Lord, I'm lifting myself up to you right now. Lord, do your work and do what only you can do. Amen. So, if you hadn't actually noticed already, uh, we, uh, kind of the wider culture around us um, is fairly quite consumed with identity. It's, uh, it's very consumed with identity at the moment. Probably one of the first examples that uh, come, came to my mind when I was, I was looking at this series is gender identity and sexuality and how that's become uh, a big focus in our, our culture, particularly in the past kind of five to ten years. And it seems that almost, it seems to be almost kind of our first and greatest importance to kind of work out what your gender identity is and, and, and let that kind of inform who you are at the very core and how that might mean that you conduct yourself. And, and I get it. I'm not going to go through this topic specifically tonight. And I get that it's a complex topic and that it's super contextual and way more nuanced than I have the time to give. But nonetheless, what I'm trying to, trying to get at is that there's a huge emphasis in, of this in our wider community, to find your identity. But that's, that's one big thing that came to mind, but there's a bunch of other things that our culture really focuses on as well. And, um, and a, a few that I kind of thought up was, was our career, money, and relationships. Career, money, and relationships. And, I mean, career, it's an, it's an easy one. We, we see it in adverts on social media. We see it in movies. We see it in TV shows. Uh, where basically one of the key things that you find your identity in is the job that you have. Yeah? It's like this status thing. And it's, it's often 
portrayed that you're kind of got to push up the corporate ladder and you've got to become the CEO and you've just got to keep going, you've got to keep going and going, or that you kind of need to get the next biggest invention invention out there in the name of progress and all these different things. And, and that's where your identity is. That's, where think, that's, that's the thing to be, um, to be strived for. And that's where sometimes our culture says this is where your identity is to be found. This is what is important. Well, closely linked to it is, is money and possessions. Money and possessions. Um, if you've got a, a good got a good job, then you'll probably usually make quite a lot of money. Um, nothing really intrinsically bad, as we'll see with doing that. But you'll usually make a lot of money, and therefore you can get all the desires of your heart. You can get all the, the that awesome ridiculously huge house that you see on Instagram or on TV or things things like that. You can get your Lamborghini. You can get all your tailored clothes, even though they feel great. And you can, you can dine out at the finest restaurants and you don't even need to go to Coles. Coles is behind you because you have all the money in the world and that's where you can find your identity. Sorry, Rena. <laughs> And there's, there's also relationships. There's a big focus of an identity point um, for us in, in, our, in our society as well and, and kind of our romantic lives, the romantic side of life. And it's portrayed that fundamental to your identity is finding kind of that perfect person who is basically doesn't require anything of you because you're just solely independent um, that is just encouraging and that doesn't want to change you because you're just a perfect human being. Um, and it doesn't want to change you, even though it doesn't even want to change like the bad sides of you. It's a bit of tongue-in-cheek there. And, um, but most of all, that they're, they're good in like the sexual side of life. I won't go there very much. But this seems to be really fundamental to, to a, a fundamental marker of who you are. It's like if you've got these things... That's where your identity is found. That's where purpose is found. And that's just a few examples. And you can almost insert most things into there. But I wanted to pick up on just at least a few um, that our culture seems to be focusing on if you just kind of have a little look outside. Um, And this is where we find meaning and completeness. This is what what we're kind of fed day to day. It's kind of where we find the core of who we are. But I kind of want to zoom out a little. I said I wanted to kind of do an overview type thing. I want to zoom out and ask the funda- a couple of fundamental questions for us tonight because I think it's really, really important. And that question is, what even is identity? Um, often we're just, we're, we've got people that are, are kind of really um, fixated on it, but we don't ask the question of what even is identity in the first place and how does it, how does it work? generally speaking. And I think this is actually a really good question to ask because we, because we live in a time that seems to be quite focused on this. Because I don't think many of us realise this, but this kind of blatant focus on identity is actually quite new. Um, it's like obviously people have tried to find their identity in a bunch of different things in, in past, but this really specific kind of like you need to work it out type of push, it's quite recent. It's like I don't even remember it from when I was in school and that wasn't that long ago. Um, and so what, what is identity then? What is identity? Um, people will define this in, in different ways, but 
Uh, I quite like how this psychologist, uh, David Bennett, defines it. I forgot to put it on a slide. Sorry, guys. So you just have to listen really, really well. He says, identity is who we experience ourselves to be, the I each of us carries with it. I'll read it again. Identity is who we experience ourselves to be, the I each of us carries within. It's a bit like a sense of self. Um, it's, it's kind of the core of who you are. It's what makes you you. It's the driving force behind much of what you do and how you think and how you spend your time and so on and so forth. And it's kind of who you are at the core, yeah? And often what will happen is that people, if you think about it, people will find this sense of who they are in many different things. It's not usually just one. It's usually in many things. For instance, some people, uh, the examples that we used before, some people might find it in a relationship. They might find it in their money and possession. They might find it in their career. They might find it in a bunch of different things. It's all this combination of, of stuff. But However, what I've, what I've found in, in doing my own research and my own kind of reflections and what I see in the Bible is that there's generally one big thing or maybe a couple that people find the core of their identity in. Just like one thing. And that kind of core of it informs the rest of how you form your identity or how you spend your time and what you do. And it goes from there. Now, I've got a bit of an example for this. Um, so... It's a bit like the foundations of a house. A bit like the foundations of a house. I'm not a builder. Maybe go talk to Bonnet. He knows. Um, but, at the, uh, but, sorry. but this core identity is a bit like the concrete slab. You can see it behind me. And, and the kind of the wooden structure a carpenter puts up when a house is being built. That's the core identity. The concrete slab and the wooden structure are the first things that go up. It's kind of the infrastructure of it all. And they act as the core foundation for the rest of the house to be built around, yeah? And it's up to the owner or the builder or both of them um, to, as to how that is actually designed and, and what materials it's actually built with. Um, and on the same token, uh, often there's something at the core of our identity that acts as a foundation, like that slab, like the wooden frames, this wooden structure, that the rest of our lives are kind of built around. Does that make sense? It's pretty easy. And I'll I'll give you an example of this soon, but I want to point out that this is actually how God designed us from the very beginning. You see it in Genesis 1 to 3, and I'm going to show you in a sec, uh, broad sweeps, um, but he actually did design us to have our identity at the core in, in, in one thing and hazard a guess what it is. But so in Genesis 1, we see uh, a creation story, yeah? We see a creation story where God creates everything. It's this fascinating story. It's really, really cool. The heavens and earth uh, are portrayed as the kind of the raw material that needs to be shaped and, and molded from chaos to order and it portrays it doing it in these kind of seven day or these kind of incremental type of things where God begins to bring this kind of like chaotic space um, and bring order to it each day. 
And I'm not here to talk about whether that's 24-hour days or whatever sequence it is or whatever. I know that I really like that topic, but it's not for today. Um, But you see, when you read it, um, is on the sixth day, he creates humanity. And I wanted to to read it. Hopefully, you guys can read it. I'll be pretty hard, but give it a go. Hopefully, you're not as blind as me. Um, (laughs) So, if you read it with me, uh, it says in uh, chapter 1, verses 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, in our image, sorry, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And I'm going to fly through a few things here and I'll try and make a point. So try and keep up. But in chapter 2 of Genesis, which is uh, another kind of, it's almost like a creation, another creation account, but from a different angle. That's how you could look at it. Um, and we see that kind of that God put humanity in the garden to work and keep it. We saw it's early on in the chapter. We see that God gives Adam a helper to work and keep the earth. Humanity wasn't meant to do it alone. It wasn't meant to have dominion over the earth. It wasn't meant to work and keep it alone. That's why the helper's there. We do this work in fellowship and relationship with other people. Yeah? pretty easy and then we see in chapter 3 of genesis which follows like it's not another story again it follows on from chapter 2 um that adam and eve we see this um that adam and eve have relationship with god we we see that god's presence is depicted to be with adam and eve in the garden of eden where kind of they have this closeness this relationship where heaven and earth are in a sense are together there isn't that kind of void there. And, and it's not like kind of God just created them and then he just left. He was just like, nope, okay, see ya. I'm going to leave you to, my, to your own devices. He's a relational God. That's another thing we see. And there's so much in these three chapters. And I know I just said a lot, um, but it, there's so much that happens here when it comes to identity. And we'll explore these in more detail um, in sermons to come. I'm doing an overview tonight. But I just want to point out a few things here when it comes to identity and how God made it to work. So what I just read, we see an essential part of being human is that we're made in the image of God. Yeah, We're made in the image of God. We're made in His likeness. We're different from the animals around us and other living things in the world. We have a specific purpose. He, he, he formed us that and, the, and the text takes the time to show us that. We're in a sense made to image, and I've talked about this before, but we're made to reflect him. We're made to be kind of like a, a bit like a mirror where we're kind of reflecting who God is and who we are as uh, created in his image. We're not kind of these cosmic accidents that just happen. We're actually intentionally, intentionally made and we have a special purpose. We're made in the image of God. 
And we're meant to show him, um, being image bearers, we're meant to show him in how we work and how we do these things. And that brings us to the next one, is that another thing I want to pick up on is that we were actually made to work. We're made to work and keep uh, the earth. And I'll expand upon that again in another sermon. But one of the things we see in Genesis 1 and 2 here is that God created humanity to work and keep it. He didn't kind of just go, here's the thing, and now just enjoy it. He kind of goes, no, work and keep it. To uh, Part of that, um, and it might not be for all of us, but it's to be fruitful and multiply, to bring order from chaos. Kind of like God was bringing order from chaos in, in the first kind of six, uh, first days of creation. He, he's tasked us to do the same thing with, our, uh, um, with the earth, through our work, through parenting, if we become a parent, and through how we use our time. We're made to do this. We're meant to bring um, order out of chaos. We're meant to work and keep. We're here for the flourishing of humanity and creation. And then thirdly, another key thing we see is that we are made for a relationship with God. We're made for a relationship but with Him, but also with other uh, people around us. We weren't meant to do it alone. Um, Adam wasn't alone um, in the sense of having no other humans with him and, and he wasn't alone in the sense of, of having a God. There was a relational connection vertically and horizontally. And that's key. We weren't meant to do it alone. We were meant to be doing things in community. That's why church is so important. We're meant to be doing this life together. We're meant to be doing this call all together. Why am I sharing this? Why am I sharing this? And how does it relate to identity? And here's my point. These things are kind of fundamental to what we should be finding our identity in. And again, I'm saying this in a broad sense, but they are, and we'll go into it in more specifics, but these things are fundamental to where we should be finding our identity. But I want to zoom out even more. I want to zoom out even more. And yes, I'm saying that being image bearers is fundamental to who we are, to be reflections of who God is and how we do things. Yes, I'm saying that we're meant to work and keep, that we're meant to bring order out of chaos, that we're actually meant to help each other flourish and so on and so forth. Yes, I'm saying that we're made for a relationship with God and we're made for good, flourishing relationships with those around us. But if we zoom out, what we see is that our identity still isn't primarily in these things. They're really essential, as I'll show in a moment and in this series, but our identity still isn't found in these things. Rather, the core, the foundation of our identity is meant to be found in God himself. Meant to be just in him. That's the core Um, that's where it's meant to be found, in God himself, not necessarily what he decrees or however you want to take that, but how he creates us is, is part of our identity, but the core of who we are is meant to be in God. That's where we were meant to find it from the very, very beginning. And where these find their source, the things that we've already gone through, where these things find their source is the one who gives it, the one who designs it, not in just the things he gives, if that makes sense. 
And I'll try and illustrate. I'll go back to my, to my house illustration. And no illustration is perfect. Uh, they all break down at some point. Um, but if we use our home house analogy again, the concrete foundation is God himself. Again, if the concrete foundation is God himself, and the things every good house needs, a concrete slab, a foundation. And the framing of the house, you might say, are those three things and probably more. Those things of being image bearers, being workers and keepers, being um, those who are in relationship with God and others. That's the framework that we start with and the foundation is God himself. Does that make sense? And each of us are designed to be this way. Each of us are designed to be this way, to have this as our foundation. And then we build our lives around it, going with the analogy again, just like you build a house. And everybody's house, as you might look around you, it's it's a bit different. Everyone's got their own kind of personalities. Everyone's a little bit different. And, And they look a bit different, but we were still, each of us, made to have those foundations in the very same place. Does that make sense? It's meant to be found in God himself. The core of our identity is not meant to be found in things like gender, in money, in careers, in possessions, in the approval of others, in power or control. I'm not saying that none of these things are are, are important, but we weren't ever meant to have them as the slab to our house. Does that make sense? It wasn't, it can't stay, it can't hold it. And what's meant and designed to be a window, I put down, sorry. What's meant and designed to be a window is not designed to be the core of our foundation. Does that make sense? You don't build a house on a, on, a, on, a, on a window. If something is only meant to do its job in one little spot, you don't create, you don't put your whole life around that. Work is good. Do it. But it's not meant to be the concrete slab. All these things um, in, their, in their right context can be a good things but they're not the concrete slab. But what happens when we choose to not do this, which is what happens when you read Genesis chapter 3 in the fall, is that we choose to abandon God's good created purposes and identity found in him. We choose to abandon that foundation as it were. And then we start to look away from our relationship with God and we start to look to the things around us, to those things that I've been naming. Um, And we start to kind of build our foundation on top of that instead. And it just doesn't work. We reject God's perfect design and and choose to try and build something else without kind of, if you think about it, it's just like, it's almost like building a house without any plans, without any kind of uh, knowledge of how to use the tools, which is probably me. And, and, and you're kind of just giving it a go. You've got this material and you kind of make this little bit of a shack and then you, but it, and it, you kind of might be able to just live, but it's not thriving. It's not how it's meant to be. Do you know what I mean? When we try to find our identity in things outside of God himself and we try to find it in the things he created, then it doesn't really go too well. And that's what we've seen since the fall. Rather than people that bring order from chaos, we take 
what order is there and make it chaotic? Do you know what I mean? We reverse the created order. We trade the truth for a lie but still think it's the truth. And then it doesn't work. Chaos and disorder comes. Pain and destruction can come. So what happens when we put something else at our foundation? That's my question. What happens when we put something else at our foundation that isn't meant to be there? There's this guy by the name of Paul Tripp. He's a, he's a pastor in the US and uh, some of you might know him. He's got a big mustache, a better mustache than me. And he explained this um, as looking at yourself in a carnival mirror, as you can kind of see behind me. Uh, when, we, when we put something else as our identity other than God at the core, I'm saying, it's like looking at yourself in a carnival mirror. Has everyone seen a carnival mirror before or something kind of like it where you kind of walk in front of it and then like your head might just be like this huge thing or you're like your torso is like massive and you've got tiny little legs and all that kind of stuff. Um, they, it, it distorts it, yeah? And having God as our foundational identity is like looking in a normal mirror, yeah? We see how we're meant to look. We're, everything's in proportion how it's meant to be. But having something else as our identity at the core of our foundation is like looking at a carnival mirror. It all looks a bit different. It's distorted in different parts. Some things are meant to be uh, that are huge that aren't meant to be huge. They're meant to be small. And some things are, uh, are small that are meant to be huge. And all these different kind of things, it puts it out of proportion. And that's what we tend to do when something else is our identity. We push things out of proportion. We tend to stretch things further than they're meant to go. And this is the main theme of the sermons to come, which is going to be, I'm really excited by it. And uh, where something like a job, for instance, or making money isn't actually a bad thing. I said that before. These things were made good but if we make them our identity, then it distorts them. If it's where we get our, our purpose from, it blows them out of proportion. We try to get stuff out of them that isn't there. They serve a certain amount of purpose, but it just will not hold the weight of uh, the longing and the calling in your heart for identity. It won't do it. We'll work ourselves to the bone in every kind of area like this if we do that and it still won't be enough. I've experienced that myself in different ways. I'm sure we all have. And you can put anything in here, like I've said. You can put relationships, you can put power, you can put approval, you can put whatever you want in that little column. And these distorted idols inform how we live. And I've talked about this. It's kind of like the treasures of your heart, what you treasure, what you idolize, what you worship, what is at the core of your identity will inform how you think, how you live your life and all these different kinds of things. And I know, I get it. It's not actually that simple sometimes. It's not quite that simple. And I'm not, again, I've done broad strokes here and it needs more time each of these kinds of topics. But that's why we're going to explore a little bit more. But the principle, I hope you're getting it, and hopefully it makes sense. So I'm gonna I'm gonna invite the band to come up um, now. So my, my thinking is, bear with me here, is that if all of this is true, 
if what I'm saying is right, then we seriously need to be exploring what is at the foundation of our heart. What's at the core of it? Is it God or is it something else? Is it God or something else? Do we have some good structures but some of them are are kind of rotting away or they're kind of a bit disordered and all these kinds of things? I think we all do. What sits at as our concrete slab? Is it God or something else? And I, and I know that's not a simple question. Um, it takes a lot of thinking. It takes a lot of prayer. It takes a lot of surrendering ourselves to really see what's there. Because what sin has done is it's disordered us in many ways. And what we need to do is go to God to kind of go, God, can you make order out of chaos? Can your Holy Spirit come and help me here, Lord? Whatever's at the core of my identity, and I might not know what that is, Lord, I pray, please pray that you will help me with that, that you'll help me to see that and how to overcome that, how to surrender that to you, Lord God, and make you at the foundation, Lord. And get, I just want to give that up to you. And this is that daily thing we almost need to do. We kind of go, there's so many distractions out there. I don't need to tell you guys that. There's so many things that want your attention. And it's easy for them to let us inform how we think and what we believe and what's at the core of us. And which is why we, when we come to know Jesus, it isn't just a singular kind of um, point in time. We keep coming back. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, we've found salvation, but it's a journey. There we go. It's a journey of salvation in a, in a sense. And this is why we need to come back to him. So I encourage us all tonight, um, ask that question. Be wrestling with what, what, what do I do and what does that show about where my heart's at? Lord, help me to see what's in my heart. Let's help. Um, because, guys, I want to be a church that stands out in this way, that we're so confident, that we're a young adults, that we're a youth group and that we're a wider church that knows where the core of our identity is because there's so much instability out there. There really is. People are looking left, right and center for something. And if we can more and more come back to a core, um, stable identity in Jesus, then what a great light that can be to other people. And what a, what, a, what a great moment where we can actually sympathize with people, how we can, um, we can talk with them and, and show them Jesus. So I encourage you in these last songs and, and throughout the series, throughout the week, every day be asking this question, where is my concrete slab? <laughs> what makes up my concrete slab? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you um, that we don't have to search left, right and centre and behind us and all around us, Lord God, just to grab onto something to, to inform who, what our identity is, Lord God. That at the core, we, you've made a way for us to be back in relationship with you, that we, you've made a way for us to put our identity as you. And Lord, I pray that you would help each of us, that you help me to do that on a daily basis, Lord, that you'd be changing the foundations, that you'd be changing the wooden structures, that you'd be taking away rooms that are just rotting away and that you'd be rebuilding really nice ones. And Lord, I pray that people would be able to see that, that they won't be, it won't be like a pride thing, Lord God, but it'd be an appealing thing, that people would be like, I wonder what they have. Why are they so confident? Why does this not follow them? Thank you, Lord, that you love us. Thank you for your cross. Amen.
If you guys want have any questions about what I've said or you want clarification, please come and see me. If you want prayer, if you want to know Jesus for the first time or you want to, just want to know what that even means, um, please feel free to come see myself, see Maddie, uh, Pastor Andrew's here as well, or 